TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 369, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Aaron, TV host, actor, writer, and reviewer for We Thenopolis. Hi, this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for We Thenopolis. Woohoo! All right, and this week in the news, I have that a series of unfortunate events will end at se- season three. And to be fair, I didn't even know season two came out. So, yeah, I guess I wasn't paying attention. Uh, well, ne- considering that each two episodes is a book, I think they're out of books. That's quite possible. I, I just, I mean, I like the first, I think I watched the first two episodes. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I got distracted by other things. So, um, I feel like it's a kid thing. More. It's, yeah. a kid thing. it's a well, well done kid thing. Yeah, my oh, little cousins absolutely love the show. Yeah, and that makes sense. It is not made for me. Uh, the next piece of news I have is that J.J. Abrams has finally come back to television for the five people, I guess, who are waiting. I can't say that. Like, my frustration with J.J. Abrams is he starts a show, it starts off fantastic, and then he gets bored and leaves the show. So, or does a Star Wars movie. Or does that too. So the fact that he's coming back to television, I guess, is good, which means the pilot's going to be amazing. Now, if the show's going to be good past the pilot's the question. Um, he has, his show called Demimode has been picked Demimonde. up. Demimond. Mode, mod, whatever. Mond, mond. Oh, I missed it. It's an French end. for world. Oh, nice. I like it. Um, has been picked up to series, I think 13 episodes for HBO. And the premise is that, uh, the mom gets knocked out in a coma or something and the daughter, wanders around in her experiments and figures out a portal to another world and it's filled with monsters, whatever. I don't know. I got to see a trailer because it seems very vague, the description, but I, I know I'm going to watch the pilot and the it reason, seems like stranger things meets a, a wrinkle in time, something like that. And I feel like, uh, JJ Abrams said he picked HBO because he liked what they did with Westworld. And I was like, it must be nice when you could be the executive producer like, I've decided to pick your network. <laughs> because... Well, there was there was a bidding war between HBO and Apple. Oh, right. Well, I mean, why yeah, the, the real answer, I picked HBO because they waved a big wad of cash at me. Well, also, I would pick HBO, too, because they're more established. I wouldn't want to be yeah. on on Apple and you have no idea if anybody's ever going to see your show. So at least with HBO, you know you're going to have an audience. All right, uh, Tom, your news. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to mispronounce this last name, or the front first and last name. Netflix has cast Medhi Debhi, I'm sure I'm butchering that, as the lead in Mark Burnett's Messiah, which is basically what if the Messiah came in present days instead of in ancient times. And uh, keeping it all in the family, his wife Roma Downey has partnered with Will Packer to produce The Baxters, based on a series of Karen Kingsbury's novels for Lightworkers Streaming Media, which we're starting to get a little crowded with these streaming media services. Uh, Fuller House Season 4 has been picked up also by Netflix, which is a sure sign of the apocalypse. 
Uh, Showtime has picked up the chai for season two. Yay! <sighs> because everybody <laughs> Wait, demanded no. a movie. Did I yay and then somebody else side? That's fantastic. Go ahead. Because everybody demanded yet another Superman prequel series. Metropolis has been picked up for 13 episodes by DC's comics as yet unnamed streaming service. Ugh. So aside from that and Titans and the third season of Young Justice and some other cartoon thing that I can't remember, we're really getting crowded with these streaming services. Seriously, NBC the world has, does not need another one. Seriously. NBC has ordered The Gilded Age from creator Julian Fellows to series. I believe it's about turn of the century in New York City. And that's been he's been developing that for basically since Downton Abbey ended. Um, who it it basically can... is a U.S. Downton Abbey kind of thing, from what I understand. Didn't they try that a couple of years ago? Well, but, but not with him. Friends. Not with him. Okay, so okay. I have so, I have hopes with this one. Uh, Hulu has canceled Shut Eye after season two, and in the what news of the week, Suits has been picked up for season eight without what? Patrick J. Adams what? and soon to be Princess Meghan Markle. And with Katherine Heigl. So, yeah, I will continue to I, not I am, watch. I'm uh, so glad I jumped off that series when I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I stopped. I don't even remember what season, five or six? Somewhere in there I stopped. That that seemed to be the right call. Oh, yeah. And that's it. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, and this was episode 13, What is Past is Prologue. And this is apparently the episode that divided the fandom. People lost their minds on this one. Um, it was this episode that divided the fandom? Yes. Well, what, which episode do you think divided the fandom? Uh, like the pilot? No, I meant it divided the fandom in the people who were actually watching it. For the people Not, who are still hanging on there. Yeah, the, the uh, people yeah. who were who were watching the shows and are fans of the show, people are divided on this episode about... Whether or not, um, I get, like, I talked to some people, they were like, oh my god, it was amazing. And I was like, well, I'd say, I thought it was that for the first 40 minutes, and then at the end, I was like, what the? And I feel, what part? What? The, the part that, that, that threw me out is, uh, killing Lorca. Like... I don't understand why we spent 10 episodes learning about this character to reveal last week, oh my god, he's evil, to just kill him for in this week without any texture to it. Like, it didn't have... They basically went out of their way to make him take him from a textured character to make him a one-dimensional villain to kill him immediately. And oh, I disagree. I, that's how I felt. I felt like the story wasn't complete. And I didn't feel, I didn't get any satisfaction out of it. And then to then be like, okay, now we're going to bring, um, we're, we killed Mira Lorca cause he was super evil. So we're going to get the super evil emperor, bring her back to redeem her. And I'm like, wait, what is she? Is she super evil? Uh, yes. To become emperor in the mirror universe. Uh, yes, she is. Like, you don't become emperor in that universe without... She just... First of all, first time we saw her, she destroyed a planet. That was literally her introduction. So, yes, I'm going to say she's super evil. I love Michelle Yeoh, so sorry. <laughs> I know. I mean, you can, I, I love Michelle Yeoh, too. I loved her as uh, prime Captain Giorgio. She was fantastic. I absolutely thought she was a great character. But to tell me that Lorca deserves killing... 
and she doesn't is ridiculous because she's been emperor far longer than he could even try to be emperor and she's done even more horrible things but we need to kill him but we're going to keep her and give her a redemption arc like that i think is bs i think so much of i I think you know all of that and I, i agree with you about it being a complete waste of of Lorca's character but you know to me because i am not in love with the show i i it's just a a symptom of kind of a larger disease. The, the show is, is slapdash about a lot of things. They start things, they drop them, they don't think things through. Most of the characters on the show haven't even been developed. Well, they I mean, did that. I think they, really said, they... they said that was deliberate. They, they, they did talk about that. They said they deliberately did not develop the crew, the bridge crew. They said that's season two. They're, this season... Yeah, well, maybe... It may be deliberate, but it's a bad idea because you're just being surrounded. They, there's like three people that we know about and everybody else is a cardboard character. And that's just, to me, that's that's just bad writing. It's bad structuring of a story because I really don't care about these people. And where Lorca is concerned, you said they, they, you know, they put so much effort into developing him as a character. And then they flip it and say, okay, surprise, he's he's a villain. And, you know, you've, you've also got an actor here who's got a long history of being able to play great villains. So uh-huh. you figure, OK, good. You know, so let's let's watch. Let's see him does. be a villain. Right. And, and it's and like as soon as he's revealed to be the villain, they immediately kill him. I'm like, are you kidding not me? Only, not only did they immediately kill him, but his he, he gave probably the, the, the worst performance I've ever seen him give in this in this episode because everything was just flat. He was like a snidely whiplash, mustache twirling villain. There was there was no nothing else, you know, about him. There was nothing interesting about him anymore. And there was a weird southern accent that kept coming and going. That's been going on for the whole series. That's that's like that's the whole series. (laughs) He he hasn't. and, And they said actually the writers was like that was Jason. They were like, they, they, they were like, what action is that? And they're like, I don't know. Jason made that up. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes more sense. But anyway, t- Tom, um, what, what did you like about it that worked for you? Cause I'm curious. The, I liked, I did not, I did not see that, that she was, uh, that Michael was going to save Georgiou at the last minute. Well, no, I didn't That's see that either. I actually got mad about. I thought that was but... an interesting surprise. The thing about the Klingons, the thing about the Klingons winning the war, that I thought they pretty much had telegraphed. Um, uh, yeah, because I, well, the time once say... you get the time jump, once they're like, "Oh, we're nine months in the future," I was like, "Oh, that's bad." So you know that the Klingons have won the war. That, but also I, I... the fact that the Klingons won the war is not part of Star Trek canon, which means they're going to have to do something to fix that. Like you're going to, I think we're doing time travel. To... Well, we've already done one. Well, time we've terrible. hit every other trope, so why yes. not? Here, yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Here, here's one problem I noticed with the show that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. They enjoyed. They seem to enjoy writing themselves into boxes, so they can get themselves out. I don't necessarily think that's the right choice, because then you start to just, you know, it's like, oh, we're so clever to write ourselves out of the corner we put ourselves into. Right. I would have liked to have seen Lorca stick around a little bit longer, just because I'm a big Jason Isaacs fan, and he was such a good villain. So it did, you know, while it was poetic justice, as much as he hates poetry. <laughs> that was so, I have to say, that was really funny. Like, that moment where he's got mirror stamets, and he's like, I think it's really poetic that a scientist gets killed by his own invention. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I hate poetry. 
that was fantastic. Like, that was the biggest laugh I gave in the whole episode. Uh, but also I found out part of the problem, too, with this episode was the speech that he gives. Uh, the one at the... I don't remember which speech. Was the one to Michael or the ones he gave to the bridge? But apparently, um, Jason Isaacs helped rewrite it in that he would not go on stage and give the speech until it was the way he liked. So he brought the writers into his trailer and had them rewrite it to his approval. And I was like, ooh, that's not, that's never a good thing when the writers are having to rewrite stuff to the way an actor wants. Because, dude, you're yeah, an actor, you're it, not a writer. It, it, it happens more than you'd think, though. Especially I know, with but it's high just... High-caliber actors. I know, but that just made... That just, like... It makes me tense, because I was like... He gave the writers so much trouble. I was like, oh, we might not get Lorca again. Because if the writers don't like working with the actor, that actor's not coming back. So... <laughs> hey, he's dead at the end of the episode. Well, I mean, you still have Prime Lorca. This is Star Trek. There's a million no, things you can because do. evidently, if it was a transporter accident, if you go back to Mirror Mirror... They yeah, no, they swap pla- they swap places. I do understand, but this Lorca managed to get off the ship before his ship blew up. The other Lorca could have done the same thing. And also, Isaac's is saying that he knows what happened to Prime Lorca, and it's a secret he can't tell anybody. So okay. there's they they have a way out if they want a way out. And he said that if the writers come to him with a compelling story on why they you know want him back for an arc or whatever. He said if the story's good, he'd come back. But So there's always the possibility, but I just, I feel like they wasted what they had, and I'm going to stop ranting because I've been ranting all here, week here, about this. Here's my thing. I think that they need to, they need to, they should have let everything breathe. I mean, the, the revelation that they returned home, but nine months later, that could have been a great season cliffhanger. Right. Instead of, and so it just, this episode felt a little rushed. Yeah, it that, that, it felt very the rushed. They needed, well, I, I needed at least it. one more episode. With I'm him. trying to be positive. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because, uh, I, I, I can, I can do this all day. Like I said, I've been doing this all I week. I acknowledge so the faults that you and Allison have point, pointed out, but I still like the show. I still like the show. Overall, I still love the show. I am not saying I hate the show. I'm just saying this episode really just dampened a lot of stuff for me. So I'm just going to we're move on. Moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about The Flash. And we, uh, I, don't, I know you want to say, do you have to? The only reason that we have yeah. to is the end. Like, everything else in the episode was pretty lame. Um... I did like the Shawshank Redemption aspect where he saved, they do the investigation, figure out this guy really isn't a murderer, and then he puts him in China. Though I'd like to point out, he leaves him in a country where he doesn't know the language and with no money. Yes. So, and no passport and no visa. Right. Yeah. I was or like, any other form big, of identification, he's a big buff actually. white dude. He'll be worshipped as a god. <laughs> 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 wow. They, they get WWE in China? <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Man. He could just start wrestling. I guess he could do that. But yeah, that's just. I was like, how? Why? I mean, I get that now. He's probably not going to get sent back to the U.S. and sent back to prison. That's yeah. probably true. No, he'll be put in a Chinese prison instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better. But yeah, I was like, oh man. But I mean, he left them in a monastery, so he's hoping that the monks will take care of him. So that's possibly maybe true. Master Sifu will help him. <laughs> 
So, I mean, that part, I was like, I get that that's sweet, but that's also terrible. Yeah. And then you have the warden at the end figuring out that he's the Flash. And and I was like, the only problem with the warden's plan of selling him is that he will be missed. Like, all the other people that he sold and stuff, he didn't sell them from within his prison that somebody comes to visit them every week. Like, I'm like, how are you going to cover that? I feel like his master plan of selling him has flaws, and yeah, this you're is asking for logic from this. I was going to say, do you really, really? <laughs> this is the show that the quality's been varying like a sine wave this season. Actually, previous I'm, seasons too. I'm not disagreeing. Uh, and the what stuff... is it about season four of Berlanti shows? Yeah, yeah. This is it's not. Like... This has not been great, but I do want to see. Them take down the evil warden, I guess. I guess I'm slightly invested in that, but I don't and we care get to hear about more of Katie stuff. Sackhoff's terrible British accent. Oh my god, she's so horrible! <laughs> I love... The thing that's so crazy is that I loved her on Longmire. Like, absolutely love her on Longmire. And, and I really liked her on Battlestar, but she is... And when she was on Bionic Woman, liked her on that too. She's terrible. She was she was more interesting than the lead on Bionic Woman. Uh, right, but she's terrible on this. I was like, did they not... And I feel like... I don't know if it's the director that was like, hey, let's go super campy or something. I don't know what happened, but this is the worst character I've ever seen her do. And it it's just... It's, it's super cringeworthy. The uh, accent was her idea. And this is a reason why sometimes you just have to say no to actors. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like somebody should have said no to Jason Isaacs and his whatever accent he was trying to do. Like, no, dude, you can't pull it off. You just, you're not being consistent. It's not working. Stop. Uh, and Which is too here. bad because his Boston accent on Trinity, uh, a Showtime show from years ago, was terrific. It was called Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. sorry, Brotherhood. It was, it was Rhode Island, actually, I think. And yeah, yeah. he had it absolutely down. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, but I guess he was like, I want to do something different. And I'm like, ooh, you know, it's it's all over the place. Like his, oh, mm-hmm. anyway, we're, we're off topic. All right, so The Flash was mediocre this week. That was the, who are they trying to catch? Uh, oh, bad guy. The shrinking guy. Yeah. Oh, so lame. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Oh, but that was so question, bad. Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Still a telepath now? Why I have no a, idea. And I'm just weird. There astounded. And and not so much that, you know, she's gaining a superpower, which it did get a little bit tired. You know, at first it was kind of funny. She's reading minds and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, kind of cute. But then it, it got tired yeah. um, as the same joke kept, you know, repeating itself. Right. But if if she has to have a power, why are we going telepath? Because you just use that in our antagonist, the thinker, when he possessed the body of Dominic, well, maybe who that's was the a point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe they made her a telepath to battle the thinker. But you, but even that's possible. But I'm just like, ah, she's a untrained and b, um, you know, in using those abilities. But it's it, it, it just I, it I, I just was like, and my she's, mouth she's, she was annoying too. Not only was her she untrained, but she was the most annoying telepath I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I mean, she's a grown woman, and she's acting like a child who doesn't understand the concept of boundaries. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's right. like you, no, you just don't invade people's space like that. You know, that's. It's that's like, why are you guys getting all mad at me? Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. There's no point in talking about the Flash anymore. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning, and this was episode three. And 
I don't did it end with it did not end with the daughter doing anything weird, right? Because the whole episode, she, I like this episode because our our new daughter Thunder uh, actually was exploring her powers and trying to find out the limits, trying to figure out how to turn it on, turn it off. What could she do? And I think that's perfect because if I found out I had superpowers, that's exactly what I would do. I don't know if I would film it because she was she was filming it. And I was like, oh, that's a terrible idea. But I would do what she did, which is go to the junkyard and play around and try to figure out what my capabilities are. I think that was pretty good. Um, the march was weird because every for the march for a march about protesting whatever they were protesting, they were very quiet. They were like. We will, yeah. yeah. I was like, "Why are you guys whispering?" It's sort of a prayer vigil, more. Yeah, than it was else so was weird. It was so bizarre, and I was like, "Did you not have enough extras? Did you not? <laughs> could you not loop the audio? Like, it was just really strange that everybody was whispering and everybody was just super quiet in the protest, and they weren't even waving their hands very hard. And that's all there were no direction. No signs. I, yeah, I, that, I that, that was, was like, all direction, you know. and so that just seems strange. Yeah, uh, and then of course you have the conflict of the whole family marching, and then Black Lightning has to save them all. And what I have a question: When um, the bad guy uh, Tobias, Tobias, when he's yeah. like shoot the electric freak, and the yes. guy shoots the other dude, I was like, wait, did she just miss? Apparently, That's what I'm wondering because her name is Cyanide, right? And- that shoot the electric freak and i'm like okay well at least we're gonna get some action here black lightning is gonna get shot we're gonna see something and she shot um reverend holt and the same bullet went through him and it hit khalil right and so sitting there like and if she did miss um i would think he would have addressed it um we've we've seen tobias harpoon somebody right and so we've seen him uh, strangle someone with one hand so if she missed I can't picture him being okay with it. I mean, he, he impaled the guy uh, earlier in the episode with a letter opener in the hand. So I, so if he wasn't referring to Black Lightning, um, then I think that there was either a the dialogue or, the, or yeah. they made a change. Or yeah, it was very confusing. It, it, yeah. it, or it, she's it, not going to be around much longer after You never know. Right. Yeah, there was one thing about this, the the episode I didn't like, and I guess it's because I like their villains so much. I like Tobias Whale as as their main villain. Discovering that he answers to Lady Eve instead uh-huh. was actually kind of a letdown because I don't find her nearly as scary as he is. That's Jill. You know, Go ahead, Tom. So that Tom, Tom what did you just? That's that's Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah. I know who it is. Mm-hmm. So that's it was kind of cool bit of stunt casting. Um, the thing about the one hundred is. Tobias is not the head of the 100. Right. And so as the series goes on, we'll get more mythology. And uh, yeah, in the comics, the 100 actually gives way to the 1000. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Calloway, who plays Khalil, my former student. Oh, oh that's cool. So, I like him. Yeah, hopefully he gets that, his, uh, his legs back because they're like, he's not going to be able to walk, mister. I'm going to run my way out of the ghetto. <laughs> uh, so I think that it's interesting that they made both of them survive and they gave him a crippling injury um, but yeah. I'm not sure unless they're going to make him a superhero that's what I was thinking is that he's going to find out oh he can do something else like or know, fly. It, becomes like, 
if he becomes like Oracle in DC Comics. Or oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can like do that, that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because especially yeah. once Although, how, how, power. Well, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but how did you all feel about, um, speaking of Khalil, about um, the way the show ended? I felt like it, it didn't have the, the punch that I would have liked. Um, and ending it just the way that they did, um, just with the family huddling. Um, because I found the moment when um, when um, um, Gamby was erasing the footage of Tobias, of Tobias. From, right. the, uh, from the surveillance cameras. I thought that that was great. I'm like, oh, cool. This is another layer, another thing that we're going to really get to, you know, see and find out. And I thought that could have been a, a stronger Better, uh, moment. Yeah. Well, the question is why, um, and I think my guess is that uh, when Black Lightning gets involved with Tobias and that becomes his focus, he gets irrational or something. And so I feel feel like Gamby is like trying to protect him from himself. That's that's my only guess on why he erased that footage. I don't think that Jefferson knows that Tobias is still alive. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's right. that he's, especially when once we found out that Tobias killed his father, I think finding out that he's still alive will make him go off the rails. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's what Gamby's trying to protect him from. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on. I think we're all still saying it's a thumbs up, but maybe it had a better, could have had a couple of better moments. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the blacklist. We haven't talked about that in a while. Um. And this week's episode was, I liked it mainly because, first of all, Elizabeth got to be a little smart in that she's like, I've trusted, you know, Red, I've trusted Red a million times and always found out that he was lying about something at some point. And she called him on the wording when she she was like, do you know what this is? And he's like, I can't say. And she was like, yeah, I know you well enough to know what that means that it means that you're not going to say. It's not that you don't know the information. And she actually threw down the gauntlet. And what's really cool is that she's like, I'm, I know that this is a secret you don't want me to know, but because this is what killed my husband, I'm going to find out this secret, whether you help me or not. And normally Red's response to a situation like that is to kill whoever is threatening to find out a secret. But since it's his daughter, he just looks terrified. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I felt that the the blackluster of the week was a little bit weak. I mean, he came on, you know, seeming really terrifying because of the whole fire thing. But then when you actually get to know him personally and you it's it's like, oh, he's not he's not, you know, a real professional arsonist or anything like that. He's just some screwy little guy with with a mental problem. And, you know, suddenly it just it it kind of intimacy issues. Well, yeah, it, it, it just made him super creepy. So instead it was of being... very creepy, but not really as threatening, not right. as, as his whole lethal. thing is he's a priest and he has slept with women and he's now decided that the women are the reason that he's sleeping with women, not because of his own weakness. It's because they're the temptresses. And so any woman that he finds himself attracted to, he then sets them on fire because that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, he was sort of creepy in the serial killer sort of way, but on the scale of the blacklisters that we normally get, he yeah, wasn't... Yeah, disappointing. 
well, he wasn't in anybody's employee, but that actually made him a little scarier because you didn't. And also you realize the reason that red pulled him out was not necessarily because he was a scary blacklister. It was to get the other dude out of prison. That was really the entire point. That's true. And he actually is far more threatening. Right. He is, he is potentially much scarier and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with him, especially, and you know, you're going to see a lot of him because they haven't played by C Thomas Howell. Right. So, you know, and I like that red was like, don't go burning anything on your own. Cause I'll come for you. He's like, you burn no stuff. freelancing. Yeah. Well, not even freelance. Cause he's a, he's a pyro. So he's going to want to yeah. burn something. Yeah. So he was just like, you burn for me only. Uh, so that means red's got a bunch of stuff. He wants burned to the ground professionally. Uh, so that's interesting. All right. So I think that's about it. Let's wrap this one up. This was a good episode. It's a good setup for whatever's coming next. I suppose. Uh, I just wish the blacklist just moved at a faster pace. That's the only thing. Uh, all right. Next up, we're going to talk magicians. And this week's episode was basically all from Penny's point of view, which I really thought, found refreshing. Yes. I, I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, your thoughts, Aaron? Go ahead. Oh, it I, it! I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I loved having Penny as a through line into everybody's story. So he teleported into each abc storyline which i thought was really cool right. and i loved the way he was hoping that somebody would say they missed him Getting <laughs> 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 so left out, i laughed from beginning to end because it didn't get tired listening to him hoping and then when alice was like i really loved him he's like oh yeah and then she's like found out she's talking about her dad but my like the way he used to give moment, me piggyback rides. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, my what? favorite moment is my favorite person Margot. When she was like, yeah, I thought one day we'd have banged. And he's <laughs> like, me too, girl. Me too, girl. And then like, yeah, me too, girl. Me too, girl. I, I was on the floor. And so I thought, I thought it was just great seeing Penny navigate through, um, you know, each of the storylines and all of that. Um, again, I don't know why, but Quentin, I, I just, I, I check out a little bit. Um, no, but what's so great is the guy that was monologuing about their stories, like he was being all meta and yeah. talking about whose story he liked and what ship he shipped and all this <laughs> stuff. And I was like, and when he described Quentin, I was like, yep, it's exactly right. It's the, the young white male trope that if you are a young white male, you'll think Quentin is great. And if you're not, you think Quentin's boring. And I just love the way he described it. I was like, yeah, that's about right. Uh, Tom, yeah. Tom, what did you think? Um, this, you know, Penny initially was set up as an antagonist for Quentin and, and some of the others, but uh, the performance of the actors won me over the years. And Margot, man, I just love, she just, she just relishes these queen bitch lines. So you gotta, I thought it was a great episode. All right, Allison, go ahead. I, oh, oh, wait, oh, I loved sorry. it. Did I interrupt? Sorry. Tom, did I'm I interrupt over you? The fairy queen, though. Oh, you're over the fairy queen? I'm <laughs> over the fairy queen. I think everybody's over the fairy queen. Right. Margo's over the fairy queen, certainly. Let's just get rid of her and move on to somebody more interesting as an antagonist. Agreed. Yeah. All right, go ahead, yeah. Allison. Yeah, well, I, th I, I agree with that. And, and 
based on this episode, it sounds like she's going to be taking action in that area. So hopefully we won't have to suffer through that much longer. But this was this was just a, a fun episode, you know, from beginning to end. It was a lot of moments were just hilarious to watch right up until that final moment where, where you get Elliot going, oh, hi, Benny. Smash cut to black. Yeah, it was that was brilliant. I mean, absolutely, absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, the I I loved the whole thing. I'm I'm kind of wondering how what how they're gonna deal with Penny now that his body has been burned, um, because there's really nothing for him to to go back into. But you know, this show always comes up with something, so. You know, it'll be interesting to see. And it was, it's just, you know, this is one of my f- most fun shows to watch. I, I never am really disappointed. There may be, you know, parts of the show that maybe go, okay, come on, let's move on, let's move on. But they're, overall, it's it's just so much fun to watch this show. I, I agree for the most part, unless the episode's all about uh, Quentin, Quentin and I'm bored. But I will say this was a real highlight. I'd say this is one of the better episodes they've done in a while. So thumbs up for me. All mm. right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Good Place uh, season finale. And what this episode did was what some people suspected that they were going to do. But so I wasn't sure whether by the end of this episode we were going to be in the Good Place, which we've never seen. Or w- I just knew we weren't going back to the Bad Place, but I wasn't sure where we were going to go. And what I really liked is they're like, okay, if the argument is that whether or not these people should, you know, deserve to go to the good place or the bad place, let's put them in the real world and see what happens. And so they send them back back to Earth and give them a second chance and basically save their lives at the moment that they were supposed to die and let them move forward and see if they could become good people. And that was really good. I thought that uh, Michael just worrying and watching Eleanor, because we only really saw Eleanor's story for the most part, and watching her go through all of that was really fantastic. Was uh, any other thoughts? Tell me somebody else watched The Good Place. Sorry. All right. All I will say then is that this Good Place, uh, it felt like almost a season premiere because we've set a new environment. So it's the setup of now we're back on Earth. Uh, this is a new storyline. So it really feels like the beginning of season two already as the cliffhanger for season two. So we now know where we're going when the season comes back. And I'm really excited to see, cause I like that, that Eleanor started off all gung ho to be good, but then she fell back and then she just needed a little bump and she's back on the road to being good again. And I think that that's really going to be entertaining to see how the characters manage to find each other. And I think that's fantastic. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about nine one one, and this was which, oh, this was the one where uh, Connie Brinks Bobby's past. Oh, that too. Yeah, main uh, the main part of it was Bobby's past, but we also had Connie Britton looking for her mom, and she got to hang out oh. with uh, Buck. So that Buck. was I like that a lot. I'm like I cannot believe that I'm totally on board with that ship. Like I'm a hundred percent behind it now. Uh, and I, I think part of it is because they're not doing the easy route. They're very much like this friendship is worth a lot. So let's take it one step at a time. And I really like that. And they don't look like, yeah. And they don't look like they would be a couple, which is what makes them really interesting. 
But let's do Bobby's Pass. Go ahead, Tom. What do you think? Uh, I wish they had made it a little less contrived. It was I very mean, standard. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like, come on. A, you know, a Cub Scout could tell you, never leave an open flame on. Uh, next to overnight. Yeah, yeah, yes. So you know the whole considering oh, that he's a firefighter, that the, it does seem the, really the ridiculous. Was he had a lot of open fires. It was a tender box waiting to go up. It's like, yeah, I, I wish they had gotten a. They could have contrived a better way for him to have been responsible for the death of his family, rather than that. Right, and it did really so, seem like for a fighter fighter that was really ridiculous for him to have that mm-hmm. setup. Uh, did anybody else yeah. see it? No. Um, What'd you say, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I did see it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it, it took me out a little bit that a firefighter wasn't paying attention. If he was completely high or stoned, um, I might have bought it a little bit more, but he wasn't. So um, that threw me a bit um, But for Bobby's past. Um, but I was totally – I didn't think I would be on board with um, – I forgot Connie Britton's character's name, but with her and Buck, um, I loved watching them <laughs> work together. Yeah. Um, the little girl in the pool. I, I just love watching. And I love Connie Britton's line when she said, you know, I'm always on the other end. I never get to do this. This is pretty cool. And the way that they work together with each other and came up with a solution. So it, it made me root for them as a couple so much. Um, you know, I, I, I liked it. I liked their chemistry and I thought that they were, um, they were, they were the highlights for me, even yeah, above Bobby's past. They I were the agree. highlights. I would agree. And, and Buck is, also continues to be dumb because his solution was really stupid. Uh, <laughs> he was like, I'll jump in on this whale. And, and he, she was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a given. Yes. <laughs> um, so I really, lo- I really, oh, thank you. Abby. Yeah, I really like that his his solution was just really dumb. And she was like, how about we take a minute and let's think about this. And then she, and then she comes up with a solution. She's like, okay, let's do that. And then he's like, all right. And then he was gung-ho and, and really made it come together. Um, so, yeah, that was all pretty good. Uh, I like them saving the girl in the middle of them looking for the mom. And then I like that they they still ended up finding the mom and – and he stayed and made sure everything was cool. And, and they just had a really good day together just hanging out. I mean, there was slightly and an emergency. And saving people. Yeah, they were saving people and there was a kind of an emergency. But they just spent all day together and it just made it had, had me having a good feeling. And I was like, I didn't want them to like break down and have sex or anything. But I was like, no, goodbye no, no, no. kiss. Goodbye kiss. Oh, no. <laughs> for, for, for me, the line was, the line of the episode was at the very end where he goes back and says, Guess what? I just met two women, and I didn't have sex with either of them. No, he said a mother and a uh, and, a mother and, and a daughter, daughter didn't have sex with either. Yeah, and for him that's big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and he was yeah he was very happy about it. So that was all pretty good. Uh, I thumbs up. And I think she has the maturity that he lacks that would really make them kind of work yeah. until he screws up because he invariably will. But you know. <laughs> Uh, you have to when are we going to find out what happened to the Asian dude? Oh, he's still in the hospital, I think. Yeah, but we should, I'm surprised we haven't seen him. Oh, that's true. And, but we, saw, we saw him wake up, so we know he's awake. So it's just a matter of, I mean, I'm still rehabbing my shoulder that happened a month ago. So 
Uh, I think a pole going through your head is going to take a little longer to rehab. So he's going to, I feel like that we're going to see him, but he's not really going to be back on the team till maybe next season. Like it's going to take him a while to get, be able to do all the stuff you need to do to qualify as a fireman. But I'm okay with that. I, I thought that was really crazy that they did that to one of their own team like that early. I just thought it was strange that we haven't, they haven't been servicing that plot line much. Yeah. Well, it's only been one episode, so I'm okay with that. All right, let's move on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, thought? No? I think it's been two that we haven't seen them. Oh, I feel like one, but okay. All right, next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. And this episode, talking about ships and things, I like that um, Nate... Is this is the first episode where we've actually gone into his backstory really at all? Like the mm-hmm. only thing Nate was ever good for was sleeping with Annalise and helping her when she needed help. We've never known anything about him, and so seeing his dad and seeing what being in solitary confinement for so long can do to someone and um, all of that was really interesting. But what was really that actually made me mad was Annalise was like, I'm going to do this case for your dad because I've never done anything for you. So this is about you. And then he's then later on, he's like, I'd like you to stop. And then she was like, well, this is about me. Do it for me. And I was like, really? <laughs> you switched so quickly. Like, come on. You can't be about him for five minutes. Oh, my goodness, Annalise. Uh, and then uh, I like the fact that when he made a move to kiss her, she was like, yeah, this isn't going to work, and pushed him away. And I was like, thank you. You are toxic to him. <laughs> so, Also, I now ship her and Jimmy Smith, so I didn't want the Nate com- conflict to happen. Um, any other thoughts? What did you guys think? Well, Jimmy Smith was last seen craw- curling into a chair <laughs> in a ball. and crying a lot in a little fetal ball. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think I think he probably is going to backslide severely. So I don't know about any kind of shipping going on with him. Well, I mean, she's um, got to put it back together, and then she can sleep with him. That's, that's yeah. How I, it works. I I uh, I don't I don't know. It's it's not going to be immediate. Is is no. the thing. I I I do hope you know that we've stopped the roller coaster ride. Um, however, between between Annalise and. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's, I mean, it's like they hate each other, they love each other, it goes back and forth, they're sleeping with each other, they're fine, and then, then they, something happens and they hate each other again, and, you know, I mean, it's just enough already. Let's let's just ease things off there. I'd like to, to just take a break from that. Um, but uh, the rest of the episode was interesting. The whole thing about um, uh, Laurel's mom. Oh, uh, so she, that she might be the villain? Yeah, well, I I don't think she's like I, I I don't think that they're actually going to absolve her father. I think it's going to be more a matter of the two of them working in concert to uh, to to get what they wanted. You know that she's her mother is not as as you know um, separated from her father as she thought, right. and they're they're actually working together. You know, I don't th- I don't see her as like the the big mastermind of this whole thing. I but I see her working with her dad. Okay. Well, I think it's possible that they, like, your theory is that they work together, but I do think it's also possible that since uh, she, Laurel said that the mom worked more with um, the guy that got killed, I forgot his name. Dominic. Uh, Dominic. 
that the mom, since the mom worked more with Dominic, and Dominic probably killed Wes, that the mom might have actually given the order to kill Wes, and the dad didn't know about it ahead of time. But it's not that you're right. I don't think the, the dad's innocent at all. Um, I think he is controlling, and he is holding that baby hostage for the hard drive, which, you know, at the moment, we don't know who has it. But, yeah, yeah. it's all... I, the dad is not innocent, but I think that the mom is way more evil than Laurel thinks. Oh, well, definitely, yeah. Uh, so is there anything else going on? Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's the Nate thing. There's, I think that's it. So... Uh, wrapping this one up overall, I think that this is very interesting. They're moving pieces at a good pace. I'm completely intrigued. I don't know what's going to happen next, but in a good soap opera way. So thumbs up for me. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about agents of shield. And if you don't understand time travel, uh, I don't know why you watch sci-fi at all. Uh, so this is, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s version of let's time loop this again. I have to say meeting... You mean let's um, do the time warp again. Thank you. I know, <laughs> right? I was trying to like do a word thing. Oh, apparently I failed. Uh, Yo-Yo in the future with no arms was the most freaky thing I've ever seen. Uh, and her trying to figure out... She's like, we've done this... She's obviously been on both sides of this loop. And done this before. So this is obviously not the first time that all of them have gone through this. So her trying to figure out the words to break the loop. And she's like, okay, I did this differently. So she did something differently in the loop that didn't happen last time. Um, And so she's trying to figure out what wording she could use to change stuff. Was really interesting and heartbreaking and all of that. Like all of that was really good. What do you guys think? Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the problem with this is that, you know, when you get into these whole things of time loops and, and whatnot, then you start to wonder, well, okay, you know, you have to pick one. Are you going to be able to do, are you going to be able to break the time loop or does paradox not happen in this? And I don't think that they've bothered to choose. Um, I mean, if, if for, they're, they're really, really concerned with being able to, to save people in, in the future, but if they go, if they are successful in changing the past, then they don't have to worry about that because all of the people that they're dealing with won't even be born. Right. You know, I mean, none of that will actually happen. And and the thing that's concerning there is that when they actually uh, go back in time, they they have the scene with um, oh now I'm forgetting their names, but the two uh, the two survivors who mm-hmm. were in the spaceship, Flint oh, and, and yeah, yeah, Flint's gonna put and, the planet back together. Right. He's going to put the planet back together. But also, you know, they, they're they saying, well, they, they've gone back already. Well, if they'd gone back already and they were successful, they wouldn't Everything even be holding be. this conversation. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that sort of makes me think, well, you can't have both. Right. You know, either you're going to change it or or you're not. And if you're not, this is going to be a really depressing series to watch from here on out. <laughs> because we know where this is going. <laughs> Well, um, I think they're going to change it, but now it looks like in order to change it, they're telling us we have to let Coulson die. And I'm like, I'm not on board with that. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to need a third solution, but we do know now that Yo-Yo is going to try to sabotage trying to, because I feel like, because she told her 
they don't listen to you. They don't listen to you. They all are so focused on saving Colson that they're not going to listen to you. So if I was Yo-Yo, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm not even going to have the conversation. I'm just going to figure out what they're going to do, and I'm going to sabotage it. Like, I feel like... The interesting thing is the only reason that Colson's life is in danger is because he, he was poisoned, and he was only poisoned because he went into the future. And so if they hadn't actually brought them into the future, he wouldn't have been poisoned, and there wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> Well, I'm so wondering, that may be a way that they they figure out how to get out of this. I'm they have to go back even further. Also, if if it's poison knife, or if it was it has something to do with the Ghost Rider combination, because he kept saying he was going to have to deal with the consequences of the Ghost Rider thing. So I'm wondering if it's not something because I can't imagine that the Kree just run around with poison daggers. Like that just seemed weird. Yeah, because so, science is evil enough too. Because I'm not saying Kasai isn't evil. Obviously, he is. And I like that he just got crushed and his head chopped off. That was fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I think it might be more than just get hit with. Uh, and, and then I did like his comment where she was like, are you okay? And he goes, it's just a wardrobe malfunction. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, I want to know, once they got back, they got surrounded by these masked guys. I don't I'm sure if someone's reading the comics knows who those guys are. I don't know who they are. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the next episode to find that out. See who these mass mayhem dudes are. So overall, for me, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Any other thoughts before we move on? I'm glad this arc is over. It seemed to drag a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're moving. They got them back to Earth or, you know, I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah. okay. But now we have a four-week wait, which sucks a lot. I'm not happy about that. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Altered Carbon. And the question is, how many episodes are we going to talk about Altered Carbon? I've I made it to six so far. Where are you at, Aaron? Uh, I've only seen the first one. And oh, I'm, come on. Why are you letting down the team? It. Oh, no, I'm binge-watching it. My mind was blown. Um, I didn't expect to like it, so I was like, oh, I just watched the first one. Oh, my gosh. So it was why'd awesome. you stop? Oh, because, well, life. <laughs> but I'm going to finish it off today, so I'm going to binge watch the rest of today because it, it blew me away. It was like a combination of Ghost in a Shell and Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, that's what I got from this. I I just watched it. I, actually, I watched the pilot twice. Um, I probably could have went ahead and watched more episodes, but I had to go back and watch that again because I thought it was so good. Um, so good. Um, just it, everything. And it, it, it everything was interesting to me. The way that, you know, um, uh, you know, Joel Kinnaman's character was, you know, in kind of like a, a, a cryogenic sleep, so to speak, 250 years. And you move from body to body with those discs. I, I, I was just like, oh, man, this is so cool. And you're reliving you know, um, he's reliving parts of the past. And then now he has to solve a murder. And I'm like, he's not even really a detective. He's so not a detective I, at all. Yeah. And so I'm loving that you, you're giving this is great writing because now we have a protagonist who's a complete fish out of water and having to, you know, solve a case. And so um, and I think that uh, I, I just think it's genius genius and by our next uh talk i will have watched all of them <laughs> <laughs> tom have you started it all nope oh sad. Tom, you're gonna love it uh what part of flu did you miss <laughs> <laughs> okay fine <laughs> fine you have the flu i guess that's an excuse 
But uh, what's interesting to me, Allison, is we both stopped on the same episode. I'm on. I finished oh, yeah. episode six as well. Um, I think that, and it was. It felt like a natural stopping point um, because they sort of solved the murder by that episode, kind of. Like mm-hmm. you know who pulled the trigger, but you're not. You don't have the full picture. You don't understand everything that's happening. There's a whole conspiracy around it, so you don't know any of the details of that. Right, so you don't really know everything that's going on, and then other crazy stuff is happening. You're like, wait, what? And what I do, like I told people before, I've read the books. So what's interesting about having read the books ahead of time, watching the show, is I remembered a lot of stuff, but I didn't remember who the killer was, which was great. I was like, okay, so because like I remembered why the cop was being insane, in the first episode, I was like, why is she being so crazy and stalker lady? Like, so I remembered that bit of information. So that was cool to watch it knowing that. Um, Allison, uh, without spoiling Aaron, when you found out why she was being all crazy, did it all like click into place? Um, it made sense at that point. It, it, you know, I was honestly, I have not read the books. So um, I didn't know why she was just, over the top attitudinal from the very beginning right and um you know it's it's just it she she kind of got on my last nerve until they actually explained oh all right well this is this is why i've got to say you know i'm i'm enjoying the show um i don't enjoy it as much as aaron did i'm finding a lot of it i mean he said it's like a cross between blade runner and ghost in the shell and that's my problem with it it's it's like watching blade runner and ghost in the shell and i've already seen blade runner and ghost in the shell (laughs) so there's it's like like, you know, and it, it can't be either of those because they've been made already. But it they they borrow so much, especially the look of Blade Runner. Yes. Um, is it just it's so obviously Blade Runner? It's like couldn't you? I mean, you obviously spent a lot of money in this. Couldn't you have come up with a design concept that was just a little bit different? Um, and and well, it, it I just will have to say that the thing that they did different is where the meths live. Like, that's very different than anything we've seen on Blade the Runner. So I think that... Well, yeah, they, they come up with that. But then, and, and also there's the, the fact that this is supposed to be, a, from what I can gather, a civilization that's hundreds of years in the future, and they've already expanded out, you know, to, to all planets. different to the galaxy. And yet, again, because they wanted to embrace this Blade Runner look, we've, we've, we've got uh, an Earth that is a garbage pit, and that, you know, it's it's gives the impression of a civilization that's overpopulated, overpolluted, and crowded onto one little planet with resources running out. And they should be anything but that. Well, so, not really. I, that, but I, that's why people expand to the other planets, is because it's overcrowded. But they also make a very good point that you, most people can't afford to get off planet. Uh, they say that in, like, episode four or something like that, where they talk about... Yeah, they do mention it, except that, you know, the... the um, the hero Kovacs, his family obviously was not wealthy and they were colonizing another planet. Yeah. But so, I, you get the impression too, that, uh, there was, there's like connection, like basically like indentured servitude, like the same way that people came from Europe to the United States early on, they had to do indentured servitude to pay for their voyage and stuff like that. Like it's, it's similar because they were really poor. And you got, yeah, the but if, if that's the case, then I think they should go, they should explore that more. I mean, so far I just feel like, okay, you're well, telling but- me it's a galactic civilization, but I don't see any of that. And it, to be honest with you, the most interesting thing for me in the series 
are characters like Poe and the other AIs, and we're not exploring that at all. I don't even know what, what did they have? Act, are they considered people? Are they? No, do they have legal really. standing? Or you know, because I mean, how do you explain an AI hotel that nobody's been a guest of for fifty years that's, oh, that's still standing? That's true. You know, yeah, I mean, one of my friends talked. To, I think Peter was talking to me about that. Uh, but yeah, I, the, having read the book, that's not the story. So what you're asking for is not what okay, but the story it's the is story about. Of, it's the story that they're doing here. No, no, uh, no. But the story that they're doing here is the story that's in the book. They are doing the book. And the, the story is about Takashi Kovacs. That's the story. It's his point of view, his story, and him having to figure the fish out of water that Aaron's talking about. That's the story. The story of how the sleeves work, what an envoy is, uh they 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 give more explanation in the book about envoys. They give it a little bit in the show with some flashbacks, um, but showing how unique an envoy is as compared to everyone else and why it's such a big deal that he's the last envoy, like that. All of that is really important. It's not about the AIs at all. Like that's not the story. That's well, I know, that's a but different that's story. The, that's the thing. That's that I'm I'm finding the AIs more interesting. That's the problem. I'm not finding the envoys terribly interesting at all, and uh, I'm finding I'm finding the other stuff more interesting. It's like, oh, I wish they'd explore that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying um, what that, the story is. That may is. be a fault of the story. So no, I disagree. You know, I mean, I love the, the story. I, I love the story. I love the book. is fantastic. Uh, solving the mystery and all of that stuff of what it all comes down to. It's a great, it's a great novel, and 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 the main character. He's a really good character, and I like. Uh, how different he is from the people of his time. And he, he makes some comment where somebody said something about something that somebody just like him. And he's like, there are no people like me, especially in this time. There... Well, you know, that see that for me is another thing because they, we keep being told how different he is, but uh, at the same time, he doesn't seem as fish, fish out of water as he should be. He's been held in suspension for the last 250 years and we're uh, either the either the the society itself has not moved along um socially or technologically or in any other way in 250 years or he just somehow is able to know things and recognize things that he shouldn't well, i mean pa- like when, when he goes looking at a satellite and can tell him exactly what type of satellite it is well that is how true. do you know that well, yeah. you, you've been gone for 250 well he years. said it was a protectorate satellite and the guy's like no i own it now the thing that's different that he was appalled by is the fact that society has changed where people can own people like the fact that that uh what's his name uh the, the meth the main guy Lawrence. Lawrence is oh, about, Lawrence, yeah. yeah. Lawrence is Bank like, rock. I own you, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" Like that, he didn't under, he didn't even understand the concept, you know. Um, so all of that is very different for him. But part of being an envoy is he's an infiltrator. So his ability is that he can go into any situation, figure out the hierarchy, and figure out how to meld in. Like that's his specialty. That's why he wanted the envoy to solve his murder. Because he has the ability to infiltrate any situation, figure out information, garner, do whatever, and, and think on his feet. Like, that's what he's, his training is for. Um, which I think in the book they do do a better job of explaining it. Because in a book you can have a lot of exposition. And in this show what I appreciate is that they're trying not to do too much exposition. And they do flashbacks in present. And they kind of like have him have weird conversations. They do do flashbacks later. A little bit, but they try to tell the story within the story without giving too much exposition. 
and I appreciate that. But uh, I'm loving the show. Um, so Aaron, keep going. Finish the series. Yeah. Tom, now that you're not as sick, maybe you can start. Uh, and then we will have a more open conversation next week. I guess that's all we have to talk about right now. If you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to TV Campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye.